It's a pleasure to have you listening to my show today. My sincerest desire is for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and safer. My name is Reverend Wynn Henderson. As an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. This podcast is the longest-running, single-hosted, spiritually-based radio internet talk show in America. It has been on the air for over 24 years. I bring you information about the disease of addiction, about your purpose in life, and investigative reporting on truth just below the surface. Our uh, guest today is Mara Branscombe. She's a yoga and meditation teacher, writer, mother, artist, ceremonialist, spiritual coach, who finds great joy in leading others along the path of self-transformation. She is passionate about weaving the art of mindfulness, self-care, mind-body practices, and earth-based rituals into her offerings. She lives uh, in Vancouver, Canada, and in a cabin in the woods with her husband and two daughters. This uh, program is going to talk about her book, Ritual as a Remedy. In this evocative and inspiring guide to ritual as healing balm for the psychic and soul, she shares potent self-care and soul-care rituals that awaken freedom, joy, depth of spirit, and wild, untamed self-love. Harnessing the power of imagery and poetry, she shows how ritual can serve as a way to ground yourself, invite in the new, let go of what needs to be shed, and tap into your own inner powers. She explains how ritual involves a unique magic that allows you to step outside of time and experience something beyond the mundane, connecting you to your inner mystic, the unseen realms, the sacred turning points in your life, and truth of your soul's calling. She offers detailed instruction for each ritual and ceremony as well as for many transformative and healing practices in the book, such as guided meditations, visualizations, breath work, altar creation, and discovery of your personal empowerment mantras. Mara, it's nice to have you on the program today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, well, you can start by defining for me, because most of the people that are listening today don't know how to define, what is a ritual? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, a ritual is anything done with intention. So whether it be um, very simple as sitting quietly with your morning tea and coffee, um, or whether it be more uh, elaborate, um, you know, 
could be, you know, following a specific religious tradition. Uh, it could be, um, you know, honoring uh, the birthday of a loved one with intention. So it's, that's a, the best way that I feel is accessible to everyone is um, a ritual is um, a habit made healthy and holy in a way. And it's something that is done with a consciousness and intention. Well, do you uh, suggest that a person should be having the same ritual every day or several times a day? Or how often should you do these rituals? That's a great question. And what I would suggest anyone, you know, wanting to tap into this work and, and feeling like they need a, a boost of energy or a boost of positivity is, you know, what I do is one ritual every morning where I sit quietly uh, first thing with, you know, you could have your warm drink. I light a candle because I, I feel that's a very nice connection for me personally. And then I begin to call in my gratitude. And that is a ritual that I do every day, no matter what. And it can even be done while you're lying in bed. So you call out three or more things that you're grateful for. So for something like that, there's a, there's a rhythm to that kind of very simple ritual that what it does is it allows you to become more spacious and to not begin your day with negativity, but to begin it with a, a positive outlook. Well, I know I start as often as I can remember first thing of the end of the day to to say all the things I'm grateful for mm -hmm. and know that when I do that, that consistently my day is better than if I did not. So mm -hmm. along with that. Right. That's beautiful. Um, maybe you could give some other examples of simple rituals? Mm -hmm. So I, what I love to share is bookending your day with ritual and then having one in the middle that is significant. So let's say um, you did your morning gratitudes. Another, um, uh, some of us also like to start with a morning prayer or um, a morning meditation or a visualization. But let's also look at how we go to bed at night. That's you know, with the advancement of technology and we're all on our devices constantly, my suggestion as a ritual is to ritualize your evening to welcome in a good sleep. So to turn all your devices off 30 minutes at least before you go to bed and to have something that you do um, that allows you to relax. So that might be, you know, reading, reading a book um, that's supportive to you at the time, um, drinking, um, you know, perhaps a, a herbal tea uh, that's calming. Um, some of us like to, you know, if we're into the yoga practice and we, or if we, you know, we're, we do a little light stretching. Something, something, I also like to, you know, recommend a warm shower, short warm shower before bed just to wash off the day. And then one more, so those are two examples, the morning. How do you start your morning and how do you end your day? And, and then what about in the middle? Is there one, what I love to do as a ritual is to honor the food that I'm eating at least once a day. And there's various ways we can do this. Um, we can, you know, again, just consciously, you know, look at that food and, and give thanks to the, the farmers or give thanks to the animals <laughs> that gave their life for, for, for our food. So, there's various ways we can do this. And one more that I'll share that I love personally 
if we have access to nature now, not all of us do, but we can also, um, you know, be with nature, whether we're tending our house plants, whether we're able to, you know, take a walk in the forest or garden, grow something, that that is a time where you also single task. You put your phone away, you relax your mind, and you focus on um, allowing nature to, um, to really enter into your own state as if it's going to replenish you. So could you maybe share with us your background, your yoga meditation, guided community ceremony and things like that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how these sure. practices can support healing and transformation? Yes. So my background, I found I was very blessed to find yoga at a young age. Um, I stumbled upon it um, while I was doing my um, undergraduate degree in um, cultural history and religious studies, in fact. And um, so I, I was self-taught the yoga practice, and it was very powerful for me because I was a, a high-level athlete, a gymnast, in fact, my whole life, up until 16. <laughs> That's my whole life, yes. And so, so for me, the yoga, what it was is, it was a way that, you know, my body could still be in that form of kind of consciousness and stretching and opening um, without the, the rigor of the, the athletic um, gymnastic stuff. So th- that was my entry in, which then found me in India <laughs> about two years later studying meditation and, and yoga more intensely and and then going on to teach it and, and really dedicating my life to, I would say, mind-body practices of all kinds. And so what happens when we enter in these states of meditation or yoga, and it may be similar for those of us in, in prayer or, you know, that, that we, we're held by a rhythm. We're held by something perhaps that's um, greater than the mundane of our ordinary life. And we become inspired by these openings, they're, they're all of a sudden, they're perhaps our, our body of faith grows, or our body of truth grows within us. And um, it really is like as if we're planting seeds of positivity and our ability to evolve and transform and heal comes through these practices. So in a way, I would say, you know, if we can open our life <laughs> As a as a living ritual, as a as a you know a ceremonial experience, um, however you can, then you may find a great difference in how you live day to day. It's interesting when I ask people who have uh, experience and training in meditation, a lot of them say, "Well, I went to India to learn it." Why do people go to India? Mm. Well, that's a good question. I, I mean, I did when I was, uh, this was 25 years ago. <laughs> um, and there's, there's well, India is just, you know, a, a, a whole nother kind of experience. And the roots of yoga come from India. And it, it is as if you're stepping out of time and space. Um, it has, India has changed a lot now. Um, but I wanted to learn from some teachers there that I, um, you know, really gifted my life with um, a whole other body of knowledge, I feel, 
and because I was in the country of origin. And however, you know, wherever you can find your your mindful practices here in the West, whether it be with a teacher or whether it be, you know, you're listening to, uh, you know, a podcast or an app that's very helpful for a guided meditation. So there's so many ways to receive. There's so much great information and knowledge um, right now in the world. Okay. Your, uh, your bio says that, that uh, you weave poetry with your practices. And... Uh, are you a poet? <laughs> well, you know how it started is with all the years of teaching yoga. I'm also a dancer, so you know I I spent a lot of years creating work and creating pieces of art you know, through dance and movement, and also through spoken words. So I would often record my voice or record other people's voices. Um, to lay over soundscapes for, you know, for, for um, the experience of, of um, deepening into personal truth or, you know, opening into the realm of possibility. And so the poetry naturally just started to evolve. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call myself a poet. I certainly would love to continue to write poems for the rest of my life. And you know what, where my inspiration comes from is, is from nature. And so often I'll sit um, in nature somewhere with pen and paper and allow the words to come out. And somehow in the book, then they've woven themselves in. At the beginning of every chapter and at the end of every chapter, I have a poem that I've written. Do you have one that you like enough to read? Yes, I do, in fact. That's lovely. Thank you for asking. So this one um, is very short. Build altars, light candles, create time for the quietude of your mind to get spacious. Welcome in the unknown. Dive into the mystery of life's grandest questions. Touch the earth, kiss the sky, be a channel for spirit to move through your sacred body, trust every single day. It uh, quite often takes uh, hearing more than once and thinking mm-hmm. about poems mm-hmm. to uh, get a deeper meaning, doesn't it? Yes. Um, so in your book, there are many techniques on how to work through excess emotions, such as fear, shame, guilt, grief, low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. How do you feel rituals alongside soul care, care practices encourage someone to reclaim wholeness and pursue their life dreams? When it, a lot of these exercises in the book are are guided in a way that does reflect the emotions, and it what happens when we enter into these states is we there's a process of self inquiry that happens, 
And there's a spontaneity in a way in that self-inquiry. It's almost as if, you know, when we do some of these rituals that I have in the book, it's, it's as if, you know, the way you look out on a, a lake that's like glassy and still and you can receive reflection back. Or even when you see your shadow, um, you know, when you're walking, there's, there's this interesting, because I work with journaling, I work with breath, I work with the mind, I work with the body, I work a lot with the old narrative or the past narrative so whatever you know whatever your story is whatever the if there's been trauma which a lot of us have had trauma if there's been you know grief and loss which a lot of us have this you know this shapes us this makes us you know who we are and if we're not conscious of that we continue to carry that with us and then all of a sudden our mind um becomes that becomes the number one story so when we do these rituals I think the biggest medicine in them is that we start to understand, wow, that's my mind's story. And I'm telling myself that every single day. And what if I was able to change that narrative and feel more free and feel more connected to my, my path and myself and to, to allow myself esteem to, you know, to blossom. And so I think that's the deepest you know, that's what I've heard from people that I've worked with for years and years with this work and from my, my own perspective. Um, I think that's the deepest healing is the ability to understand how we can transform. Well, if I were to ask you to give me a short book report, <laughs> what would you like to to tell our audience about your book, uh, how it's laid out or or anything. Mm-hmm. Each chapter, as I said, begins with a poem that people can also use as like a prayer poem or an affirmation. Um, and then each chapter is works with um, the elements, earth, air, fire, water, ether, along with the emotions, as you said. So we work to clear out fear. We, we work to clear out shame. We work to clear out guilt. We, we work to clear out, um, you know, uh, grief. We, we work to free um, our freedom of speech. And then we work a lot on the mind to clear the channels of the mind. And, and then the second half of each chapter are actual rituals to follow, step by step. And it's very open to everyone's interpretation. So... Someone could open this book um, at any page, I believe, and receive something from it. So it's not necessarily that you have to start the book and it has to be followed from beginning to end. It can it can sit on your you know your bedside table, I believe, and you can open it and and most likely receive something that's going to be um, inspiring for you. Great. Um... Tell our audience uh, how they can get a copy of your book. Yes, you can anywhere you order your books. So um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Inner Traditions, who is my publisher, and it will be, uh, I believe, in in lots of stores as well. And you can always um, ask your local bookstore to carry it. Great. Do you want people to go to your website? 
Sure, that would be. Yeah, and you know what? On my website also are all the book events. I have all these launch events, and I'm going to have a book club in the fall where we actually go chapter by chapter through the book. So my website is marabranscombe.com. And I just created a new website that's linked, and it is Ritual as Remedy. So it's actually the name of the book. People can just plug that in, and they can receive all the information about the book. And that's ritualasremedy.com. That's right, yes. Okay. Um, well, I've asked you a significant a number of questions, but perhaps I have failed to ask you something that you really wanted to, to, to tell. Is there anything else before we go that you want to tell our audience? Well, I feel that, you know, I've learned so much by writing this book, and what I'd love to share um, with the audience really is that if there's anything that's really burning inside of you that you want to do, but you may fear the outcome or you may doubt yourself that you could actually do it to, to, you know, really put that inner voice aside that um, is limiting and, and to, you know, take the first step on the journey um, to create the life you desire. And so the last thing I'll say is that the reason this birth, this book came into, into life is because I actually, well, I used to teach an online course about this content. And then one day I had a very strong um, intuitive flash. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but sometimes, and it doesn't happen that often, but you'll, I receive a photographic snapshot of something. Um, and I received uh, a visualization of myself standing against my bookshelf holding my book. And I actually never thought I was going to write a book. You know, this wasn't a plan. So when I received that very quick visualization, I thought, okay, now I have to write the book. <laughs> so that's what I want to share is, just, you know, go for it. Just take those small steps towards your dreams. Uh, is this going to be your only book or are you going to write something else? Well, I have written another book, in fact, and it comes out spring 2023. So the writer's den has called me in, and I am quite surprised by it all, my life. And I can thank the pandemic for that um, because I was teaching less physically out in the world. And so I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write and see what happens. Well, great. Maybe you'll come back and we'll do a, another program on your new book. When it... Yeah, that sounds great. Um telling the people about my efforts at book writing would take a long time because I am working on my 47th book. No. Yeah. And if you just uh, put one foot in front of the other long enough and live long enough, it's amazing what might happen. That's incredible. 47 books. Yeah. Well, Incredible. Wow. My mission or purpose in life is to spread the message that there is a cure for every addictive behavior. And this is a spiritual cure, and the treatment program is profiled in my new book, Freedom from Addiction 4, The Final Message. 
uh, you can get that at Amazon as a Kindle edition today or soon as a softback. And if you meet three simple criteria, everyone gets well from their addictive behavior. I have free resources where you can start your journey. The first is a link to this podcast, freedomfromaddiction.libsyn.com, spelling Libsyn, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N, without any spaces or um, capitalization. The second is a link to my website where you can find out more about my work with addiction, www.revwinhendersonmd.com. And the final resource is my Twitter account. You would search at Hugo the Artist on Twitter.com, and there you will find over 2,000 inspirational and educational pearls of wisdom. And that's our program for today. Mara, thank you so much for being our guest and telling everybody about your book, Ritual as Remedy. Thank you so much for having me.